Welcome to Raw Relationships, the podcast that keeps relationships real and wonderful. I'm Melissa, and I'm your host. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. This evening, we will be interviewing Heather Criswell. She is the founder of Wise Inside and the author of two books, How to Raise a Happy Child and Be Happy Too, and Wise Talk from the Other Side. At the age of 21, she opened her one-of-a-kind school where children were empowered, celebrated for their unique gifts, taught how to share those gifts with the world, and simply because they were born. Heather has worked with over 30,000 children in her 25-year career. Since then, she's created Wise Inside, a company providing tools to ignite wisdom and love, opened a wellness center, adopted her son, and works with parents and couples on what she views as the most loving way to grow and thrive as human beings. Heather is also a keynote speaker as she's dedicated her life to sharing her unique approach to life wisdom and love with people around the world you can find heather and on her website at wiseinside.com so without further ado let's welcome heather to the show welcome heather how are you this evening good thank you so much for having me i so appreciate being on here you're so welcome. So please tell us about yourself and what, what it is that, that you're doing out there for people nowadays. Well, it's been an evolution. I am a multi-entrepreneur, if you will. I started, owning, uh, started off by owning a preschool for nearly a decade, uh, then moved into a wellness center where it was a little bit more quiet and uh, created a center for massage and alternative healing, Reiki, um, acupuncture, pretty much any kind of alternative healing happened there, holistic alternative healing. And then moved into my current company, which is Wise Inside, and that company is all about how do we communicate from a space of love? How do we communicate with ourselves, with each other, our family members, and as a community as a whole? How do we communicate from a space of love in any given situation? And knowing that we are wise inside, we have all the answers within us, and we have the ability to do that, sometimes we just need the skills and also a, a reminder of it, if you will. So. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, that's what I'm doing is, is helping people communicate from a space of love, and it's challenging and it's difficult, but I've created some tools, uh, resources like books that I've authored and uh, family communication connection games, uh, teacher, teacher uh, communication games for the classroom. So I've done a lot of things to help support that space, and yet it's just an evolution, right? Like we're continually mm-hmm. learning and growing and evolving. Yeah, and it, and I think in this day and age, you know, the coming from a place of love is doesn't seem to be the norm. Like it seems that things are so negative and so come from a place of hate. Um, when it comes to everything, like politics and you know, like just this negative space that that is kind of around us, I think it's awesome what you're doing um, to bring that 
into into people's lives. Yeah, it's an extreme contrast, right? Like we see this extreme contrast, contrast, and sometimes we actually need that in order to move the needle, right? Like that we get so irritated, so aggravated, so frustrated that we go, well, we, now we have to do something, right? Like otherwise we tend to be compliant and complacent and go with the flow and stay in the box of comfort. But I think that the world is amplifying us back to how do we come back to that love and how mm-hmm. do we see love in all of those circumstances, which is the biggest challenge right now for me and I think for the world. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there seems to be so much, you know, going on and so much division, so much uh, dis- divisive um, opinions. Like for one example I can think of today um, that I actually came across was difference in opinions when it comes to, um, like I'm in Canada, so I'm not in the U.S., but I do follow the U.S. Um, news and politics and stuff like that. And just politics being so devi- divisive, you know, like everything is the left and the right. And, and it's like, why can't we just come together, you know, and, and agree to disagree almost, right? Right, exactly. And I think that you know, again, this this is such an extreme contrast, and we are we're conditioned to stand in our power, right? And mm-hmm. what I think we need to remember is that power comes from love, not from resistance and hate and frustration and anger. And so, mm-hmm. when we can see that power as love, and see the circumstances as how do we, you know, a reference that I gave was my Angela used to say, you know, not in my house, when people would talk badly about other people, whether it was racist or just inconsiderate or untied, she'd say, not in my house, stop it. And I think mm-hmm. that there was a time and space for that. I think we have evolved as human beings now to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not who you are. So what's the deeper mm-hmm. meaning and, and what are you trying to get at here? Because that's not who you are. You are not hate. You are not dislike. You are not racist, you know, from the perspective mm-hmm. that I know you as. And seeing that person in their greatness and holding them to that standard of greatness reminds them to recheck back in to that love within. And it's challenging, mm-hmm. but I think that that's the next step of evolution for us. I think that each step has a purpose, like Maya Angelou's mm-hmm. point was well taken in that time. Frame. And now I think we need to also look and say, not just not in my house, but you're in my house, and I know you, and I know that you're better than this, and I see the greatness in you. So let's talk about this, and let's get down to it. Because the truth of the matter is, I have beautiful friends. I am the same person. And I have beautiful friends that are far, far left and far, far right. And some are right mm-hmm. in the middle. And all of them yeah. are near and dear to my heart. And I mm-hmm. see greatness in every single one of them. And sometimes when I see them post on Facebook or something, I think, that's not like her. I've known her mm-hmm. since kindergarten. You know, that's not like her. And that's mm-hmm. my first reaction. And then I mm-hmm. say to myself, oh, she must be scared. Or, oh, she must be feeling defensive. Or whatever that mm-hmm. is. Or I don't know what she's feeling. Maybe I should ask if I'm not interested, right? But holding the space of greatness for those people because the truth is is we all have friends that are extreme right and extreme left. They may be vocal about it and they may not, but you're the same person 
with those friendships. So you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that we have to see the greatness in them. And I think that that's the biggest challenge. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. even even in the sense of our politics, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the greatness in Donald Trump is extremely um, hard. And, mm-hmm. and yet there are moments when I think, well, you know, he's getting people to talk. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, you yeah. know, he, yeah. he, he's stirring it up. You know, he's helping people raise in their power, however they see that it is. And it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable, and I don't like it, and I wish it wasn't like that. And yet I can't be mad at the circumstance. I can only embrace the challenge and say, how do we move forward from this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's a huge thing because, like, I know um, the instance that I came into was um, the it was a post on Facebook, the same thing, and the girl that posted, she's such a sweet girl, and and what she posted was very misinformed, like it it wasn't um, truth, my truth, I suppose, but more so truth from what I know, from what I've researched, because when I see things that disturb me, I really research it to find out what the actual truth is. Um, and, and what she had posted was just what people are carrying on with. And I was like, ah, at first I was going to lash out, but then I was like, wait a minute, she just is misinformed. So I need to help inform her. So instead of lashing out, I just put some of the research that I've been doing myself onto her post to show her a different side of it. And in the end, she said, thank you. And she took down the post, <laughs> you know. Oh, so really? I, yeah. So I think it's, it's kind of, you know, that first initial uh, reaction that we have is so different from love, like the opposite of love, right? Absolutely. And you stop yourself in the midst of it, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the challenge, to not laugh yeah. out. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, to not, you know, honk your horn mm-hmm. and race up on them and flip them off and scream and yell at them, you know, those are the challenging moments in that space. And you, and you did it in a way that wasn't, I, I, I'm assuming, because of her response, she took mm-hmm. it as it wasn't you're wrong, I'm right. It was here's some mm-hmm. more information for you to see, you know, another possibility or another perspective. Let me know yeah. what you think. Or it's just for information to have out there or whatever that is, right? But mm-hmm. those are the communication skills that we're talking about just like you did of communicating mm-hmm. from a space of love. But you can't do that until you check in with yourself. And I think yeah. that the biggest step to that is that something inside of you said that's not this girl, Right? Mm-hmm. Like something mm-hmm. inside of you said, that's not like her. That's not who she is to me. And that's where we hold those people in the greatness that mm-hmm. we can actually change the trajectory of the conversations that we're having and change the experience that we have with each other. And, yeah. You know, she said thank you. So that tells you it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's huge, you know, being self-aware and being, you know, um, having that moment where you kind of, I know for myself, I always, um, I always check with myself because I never, I never try to project outwards. I mean, not to say I'm perfect and I never do because I do, um, but I always try to be like, okay, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm scared or whatever what is going on inside of me first not what are they doing to make me angry (laughs) and I think that's key right right? it 
Well, and that's something we're taught at a very young age to go away from that wisdom within, right? I think we are mm-hmm. born with that space. But over time, we say to children, oh, you made him mad. You shouldn't have done that. You made her mad. Or look, yeah. at you made her sad. Or you hurt her feelings. And it's all in good intent. But what we're mm-hmm. really saying is that we have the power over somebody else to make them hurt. And when we mm-hmm. take that power back ourselves and say, I have the choice to be hurt by this or not, and yeah. here's some tools that I can use to, to communicate what I'm feeling, that's different. And that takes out that victimization and, mm-hmm. and doesn't allow it to carry on into life. And therefore, like you said, you have moments where you have a moment of self-reflection you know, where in the moment you're like, you know, when my son's having a meltdown, I'm like, okay, what's this really about? What's going on? You know, what's it about for me? What do I think it's about for him? How can I communicate with him so that he can understand that, you know, screaming at me is not going to help? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's not going to help this scenario. Um, yeah. And that carries on into adult life, right? But I think starting at ground zero, we can take ownership in that moment to not say you hurt me or you hurt my feelings or you made me mad, but to say, I'm feeling mad right now, and here's why, because, yeah. you, you know, you hit me. And mm-hmm. that's different. That's an action that you took against somebody, not uh, uh, you made me feel bad, if that makes sense. You know, it's yeah. kind of owning that power for ourselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of... Um... I almost find it like when, you know, just as you were, how you explained that, it's like when you say you hurt my feelings, it's almost a shaming, kind of a bit of a shaming thing, isn't it? It is. And, you know, it's, again, it's placing that power, your power, in somebody else's hands. You hurt me. And, mm-hmm. you know, while we may be hurt and having feelings of hurt, you know, we can have the choice to choose at any given moment to say, I'm not going to hurt from this. I'm going to mm-hmm. be empowered from this. I'm not going to yeah. feel sad about this. I'm going to change my mind about this circumstance. Or I'm not going to play with you anymore or whatever that yeah. is, right? Like we, we have the conscious choice in that moment, but we have to own that power in that space. Because the minute mm-hmm. we give it away to somebody, then we become disempowered. And then that's when we're like, oh, you know, somebody cut me off in traffic and made me mad. Or, and so everything becomes somebody else's fault, right? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. many of us go through life just blaming other people and feeling victim to our circumstances when we really do have power in that yeah. space. Yeah, and then wonder why bad things always happen to us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you look at a baby, right? They have power. A baby screams and cries, gets their food. A baby has power. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they want, when they want it, and how they want it, and they will get it. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's just how it rolls, you know? And yeah. over time, we get that kind of peeled away, like you said, through shame, through blame, through guilt, uh, frustration, anger, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I believe wholeheartedly we come to this planet with everything we need, and we evolve and grow from that space. We're, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we experience things to continue to grow and evolve. And some may call that we have lessons and we learn from them. Uh, for me, lessons feel like crap. So I don't yeah. like lessons. You know? yeah. It feels like yeah. I'm being punished for something when I do something quote-unquote wrong. And did you mm-hmm. learn your lesson or you should learn your lesson or 
haven't you learned your lesson by now? You know, it just feels crummy to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. like, I just had an experience and I grew from it or I stayed exactly how I was and had another experience to see if I'd grow this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of funny how that works because, like I know for myself, uh, with my own experiences, I've never fallen into the victim role. I've always just kind of dusted myself off and got back up and keep going. Um, but I know a lot of other people that, you know, even in their 40s, they're still, you know, if something goes wrong and you say, well, you know, what's the problem? And, well, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And that's why I'm in this spot. And I'm thinking, there has to be accountability. You know, you have to be accountable for your own actions in what makes you, you know, some things you don't have any power over, but most things I think we do. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for me, I there's times when I have my pity party and I give myself a time or space to do that because sometimes I just need to get those feelings out. And generally speaking, I don't really talk to other people in that space because it just Mm -hmm. amplifies the experience, right? Like it just makes it worse, not better. So I'll have a pity party where I sit and watch friends, like binge watch friends for like 10 episodes until I get Mm -hmm. in a better space and I cry or get angry and work my way through it. I mean, so I think that, I think that, you know, there is time and space to actually go through the emotions and yet, mm-hmm. you know, there is, to your point, a time where we get up and we say, all right, you know, and I, I talk about that in my book where I talk about, you know, connecting to the other side with all my family members that had passed away. And it felt like every time somebody passed away, it was like, you know, six months a year, six months a year, major people, mom, dad, babies, uh, grandparents, you know, um, my husband's family, like all of them were just dropping like flies. And I had this moment where I was like, I cannot get in the ring again. Like, I cannot I literally pull myself up and get knocked back out again. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, so there was that time and space where I remember feeling so sad. And yet, to your point, there is a time where we have to get back up and live life. And and it's challenging, and it's a, it's, but it's, it's something we were born to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're born to do this. We're born to get mm-hmm. back up. Yeah. You know, we're born to get back in the arena and, and play hard. That's what we're born to do. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what would be your, your best advice to someone that is kind of feeling a bit conquered? <laughs> If they're conquered in their in their life at the moment, what would be your best piece of advice for them? You know, I always go back to, and there's been so many days where I felt conquered. So, I mean, today including, I mean, my son's out of school for, for <laughs> summer, and we just got back off of a beautiful long vacation, and it's the first week back, and it's a struggle for all of us to just get back in the groove of life and uh, summer break and work and how I integrate him in with my work because I do work from home. Um, so, yeah, today felt like a conquered day when he's screaming at me in the car. I don't, I just want to be with Daddy. I don't want to be with you. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, buddy, I know, I know. So there are days when I feel conquered. And 
what I always come back to is what am I wanting? And really taking a minute to ask my soul in that heart space, what am I wanting in this scenario or in this space and time? Mm. Because when we connect back into that, which that what is what we're wanting. And what I want and wanting are two different things. What I want, you know, I can wor- want world peace. I can want millions of dollars. I can want a big house. But what am I wanting? I'm, I'm wanting to have an experience with my child in the summer that isn't torture for both of us. You know, mm-hmm. I'm wanting to continue to do my work and have him be taken care of at the same time. So when we ask what we're wanting in this space, it actually moves us forward. It doesn't mm-hmm. make us look in the past, and we don't look in the future. We look in the now. What, do I, what am I wanting right here, right now? And then mm-hmm. when we declare that, we can move forward in a space where we can get the how-tos, if you will, or they naturally show up because we declare a space of what we're wanting in that space. And, and the universe kind of, in my opinion, aligns that. People may say God, spirit, you know, Buddha, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like whatever you call that energy, that it aligns itself to help you get exactly what you need and mm-hmm. in that moment. And when we come into that space, that's when miracles can happen. It's when we stay in the, oh, my God, I don't think I'm going to make it one more summer. I don't, oh, my God, I don't, I'm not going to make it to seven weeks. I've still got seven weeks left. That's 35 yeah. days with this kid. Like, you know, like, you know yeah. it's just this whole, you know, cycle that spins into this giant hole, and you cannot claw your way back out. So yeah. the only way to move forward in that space is what am I wanting? And then – universal lines my husband got home on time he took him and put him in the bath right like everything Mm -hmm. kind of worked out he said go upstairs light a candle take some deep breaths before you go on (laughs) (laughs) be in alignment with what you're doing you know Mm -hmm. so um so everything worked out as a stressful ride home you know, to get home and get situated. Everything worked out the way it was supposed to, and I was on time, and everything worked out the way it was supposed to because I declared in that moment, what am I wanting? Mm-hmm. As he's yeah. screaming on the freeway home, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, even myself, there have been times where you kind of get stuck in that train of thought of what you don't want, right? And mm-hmm. it's, it's all on that negative slide of things. So if you're focused on what you don't want, which is the bad, <laughs> then that's what the universe will bring you is more of what you don't want. As you know, I hate to say that, but as I know from my own experience, that's the truth. If I complain about not making enough money and I'm broke and I can't pay my bills, I don't make money, <laughs> you know. It's so true. It, it, it just perpetuates it. And it, in my mind, it just amplifies it, right? Like it gets mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. And then the problem becomes so big that it now it is the complete focus of our lives, right? Like I can't make money. I can't make money. I got to find a way to make money. I, I got to, you know, and then we're like grabbing at things and it's like leaving us. And it's funny because there's a minister, T.D. Jakes, he was on Oprah and he said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he said, he was talking about money and finances. He says, I don't want to be chasing the dollar. I want the dollar chasing me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the idea is that we want that to come to us, not just continually be 
clawing for it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that once we can quote unquote let go of something, with I, which I think is even a hard thing to say, I like to say set it down for a minute and just let it rest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, there was another quote that everything that I've let go of has claw marks on it, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. clawing to hold on to it. And sometimes that's our story, right? Like, I can't make money. I'm broke. It becomes this ritual of uh, a mantra, if you will, of our life. And then Mm -hmm. we're clawing onto things to make sure that, you know, whether it's choking out money and savings or whatever that is, right? Like, we're clawing Mm -hmm. to not let go of that idea because our reality is showing something. But when we can just set it down and say, I'm not making money right this minute, I'm open to how it's going to show up because maybe it's something different than I even expected. You know, like maybe it's something that's going to show up in some unexpected way that I had no idea that that Mm -hmm. was going to happen. And, but when we're holding on to the story, we kind of choke out the idea that there's possibilities in any other way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the same could be true for, you know, as for money, as for love, as for happiness, you know, everything, anything that you aren't feeling you're getting enough of, you have to kind of just spin it, like you said, set it down. Um, I agree with you on the whole letting go because that's a hard thing to do, especially when it's something. It is as important as money or happiness. Yes. You, know? you don't want to let that go. It is. Gonna, yeah. And that's that, what we're that's told. Just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. And I'm like, I'm not letting anything go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, if yeah. I let it go, then I won't have enough. I won't have anything. You know, if I let this go, I won't have anything. And that's what I, I do now as I set it down and just have a really beautiful space for it to sit mm-hmm. and yeah. be there and you know, Elizabeth Gilbert talked about that on another Oprah, um, where she was talking about fear being in the car with you, right? And Mm -hmm. these emotions in the car with you. And she said, fear can be in my car. It just has to sit in the back seat. It cannot Mm -hmm. sit in the front seat. It has no control over the air conditioning, over the radio stations, you know, it has no visual of where we're going. Fear can be in the car, but it has to sit in the back seat. And I'll never forget that because I think a lot of times we try and push out all these emotions and feelings, but if we just set them down or sit them in the back seat, however you can visualize that for yourself, let them have their space and they can't tell you how to drive, but, you know, they can sit in the car with you. Then Mm -hmm. it kind of calms everybody down, right? (laughs) Like it calms the situation and then we can move forward and not be – you know, hitting fear, like, no, get out of the car and trying to stop and push it out. It doesn't work. And yeah. when we can just own that there, it's in the car with us, right? Like it has a space for us. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, we can move forward and get what we want, really, in anything, mm-hmm. relationships, money, you know, whatever that is for your career, whatever. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, um, with fear, is a perfect example of, you know, it's something we all have. So actually getting rid of it is not going to happen. But if we can embrace it and, like you said, put it in the back seat and allow it to be there but not allow it to control us and to control our actions and our thoughts. And, um, you know, because, I, like, I do preach all the time, our thoughts 
create feelings. So if we can control our thoughts, then we can control our feelings, right? To some extent. Right. So it's right. you know, if if we're focused, if we're fear based and we're always focusing on being fearful, then our life is going to be filled full of thoughts of fearful things or maybe even actual fearful things. Right? Right. Absolutely. And I think that that starts to, again, as a child, you know, just reminding our children that you're safe. You're safe in this planet. You're safe in this space. You know, often we say you're not safe. You're not safe to cross the street. You're not safe to be by yourself. You're not safe to talk to a stranger. You're not safe. You're not safe. You're not safe. Yeah. And so I think that that exasperates fear as a child. And, you know, it grows and grows and grows and grows. Where, again, coming back to that wisdom within, you know, when you go to talk to somebody, see how you feel. Does it feel good or does it feel bad? You know, do you have a creepy feeling? Do you have a bad feeling? Do you have butterflies? What does it feel like when you talk to that person? And really getting them in tune with their own tuition and the skill set they need. They have the intuition. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. It's just having the skill set to tap into it consciously, right, in right. that space. Right, and, and to listen to it, yeah. <laughs> yes, and to listen to it, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, they do it very naturally. I've seen it with my son. You, you know, he'll go up and hug a guy that has tattoos all over him and, you know, is all big and burly and, and in all respects, everybody would say he's kind of scary. And, mm-hmm. and yet... You know, he'll give him a big hug and, the, and for no reason, and just perfect stranger. And then a sweet little old lady that asked him for a hug at the post office, he said, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. And he walked away from her. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, the sweet little old lady asked for you a hug and you don't want to give her a hug? But to mm-hmm. honor that space with him that for whatever reason, and it's not saying that she was mean or bad or energetically wrong. It was that whatever reason, energetically, they did not vibe together. And he mm-hmm. knew that. And he mm-hmm. did not want to touch her or hug her. And so to honor those spaces as, a young, as our young children moving up and to honor it for ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. if we're in a room and, you know, we're with somebody that we just don't get a good vibe about, don't hang out with them. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, befriend them, like just honor them for a human on this planet and we're not in good vibration together and that's okay because there's billions of others that I am in good vibration with and it doesn't mean one is right or one is wrong. It just doesn't work in this moment and that's mm-hmm. fine and let it go as that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so you kind of mentioned um, you have a you do a bit, do you do a bit of spiritual work as well? Like, or do you write about it in your book? I do, I do. And it came across, um, it it was unintended to be quote-unquote spiritual, but it just happened that way. And, um, you know, I'm so incredibly grateful for it. You know, the experience that I had uh, was I went to a women's retreat and did some breath work. And I had done breath work many, many times. But this time in particular, it was really, really different. And I had this moment where we started the breath work, and I got really scared because people started having, like, emotional releases around me, and I was kind of like, oh, this is creepy, weird, I don't like it. <laughs> and yeah. I, was like, 
I'm like, I don't like all this stuff. And, um, and then I heard, um, and at the time, my mom and dad had both passed away, all my grandparents. Uh, we had lost five babies um, to miscarriage. Um, it was just a, a ton. I, I think it was like 13 or 14 people had died in like a 12-year span. Um, and so I heard my mom, and she said, it's okay, it's okay. And then I sensed them walking through the door, and my mom sat on my right side, um, and my dad sat above me, and my grandfather and my grandmother. So all six family members circled me. And they literally went through this whole conversation with me and why we were here on this planet, why they were here on this planet, why I was here on this planet, what the meaning of love and life is on this planet. And so it really opened up um, a crazy space for me that I had never experienced. And so when we were done, they said, you know, you need to write about this. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just get right on that. And uh, so I talked to the other women in the group, and they said, you have to write this. And mm-hmm. so I did. And um, it's uh, Wise Talk from the Other Side, which is um, basically, you know, each chapter is dedicated to uh, one of my family members, my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, and our babies, mm-hmm. and um, also our fur babies that had died in that time space, too. And um, it's a conversation that I had with them just basically repeated in the book and how they literally told me um, that, you know, why we're here is for love. And Mm -hmm. when it doesn't even look like love, it is love. And um, and love comes very different in different packages. And it's not always fun and pretty and happy. Um, but it is a space for you to return to love. And, you know, one in particular, my grandfather, uh, my grandpa Ralph, he was very um, abusive to me as a child and, uh, you know, made fun of me for being overweight. Um, you know, I'd say, I'm going to be a model, and he'd, like, hit me in the stomach and say, not with a gut like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just over and over again, just constantly about weight, um, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, I was going to be stupid because I watched soap operas, um, you know, the whole spiel. Mm-hmm. And um, when I had a conversation when I was writing the book, um, in his chapter, it came up and he said, you know, um, and he had said this in the breath work, I, 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 because I had a family that all was incredibly supportive to me, mom, dad, you know, thought that I was a miracle thought that I was, you know, and had a story to go with that miracle, right? Like my mom couldn't get pregnant, the whole spiel. Um, never could get pregnant after me. They never. They said she'd never be able to carry to full term. I was two weeks late, 10 pounds, four ounces. I mean, it was just like miracle wow. on miracle, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I had a completely supportive family except for my grandfather. And he said to me, I was the one that had to come in like this with you. And he says, I'm really, really sorry about that. And he said, I was the one that had to remind you that even your own family member that is supposed to support you and love you in the way that you want to be supported and loved, even if they don't, you are still loved and to stand in that power of love. And he reminded me to rely on that space for myself, not externally. 
And mm-hmm. he said, I was the one that had to do that. And consequently, mm-hmm. at the end of his life, he uh, apologized to me. Um, about a year before he died, he apologized to me and said, I'm sorry, I was such an ass to you all your life. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting Alzheimer's. And he said in the book um, and through our talks that he actually chose that disease. And I was like, what do you mean you chose that disease? You know, you're just, it's genetics or whatever, Right. And he mm-hmm. said, I actually chose that disease because I wanted to forget what an ass I was all my life. And he had done yeah. not so nice things to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a lot of shame in his life, a lot of different things that contributed to that. But he says, I picked Alzheimer's because I wanted to forget in this lifetime how I was. I wanted to go out on a high note. And I thought that was really powerful. And I'll tell you, when we put him in the home, because he had to be, you know, put in a home to help him because he was, like, wandering and the whole spiel. Um, mm-hmm. When we put him in the home, he was the nicest guy you'd ever meet, like, literally. <laughs> and, you know, like, this whole relationship changed between us. And I'd visit him. He was literally a mile away from my house. We moved him out in a, to Las Vegas where we lived. And I put him in a home literally a mile from my house. I'd visit him. And I'd bring him chocolate, and he'd come to me, and he'd say, do you have the goods? And, you know, he'd want the chocolate, and he'd say, you're the greatest. I don't really know who you are, but you are amazing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we just had this really beautiful relationship. And it really solidified the idea that he wanted to go out on a high note and not be the ass he was most of my life, right? Mm -hmm. And. So to come to that full circle moment of he had to be that way to make sure that I could stand on stage and endure the people that would say, that's not true, or you're stupid, Mm -hmm. or you're too fat, or whatever they say, right? Like, to be on a stage, and that's what my family said, we came here for you. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, that's kind of egotistical. And they said, there are so many lives that this life is like a blink of the eye. They said, Mm -hmm. it's just a blink. So we came here for you. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah, we did some cool stuff, and we had a great time. But we came here for you because you have a message that we want to share as a collective with the whole, and you have the voice for that message. And we were here to support you in that voice. And we'll be back again, you know, and we're with you all the time here. And, uh, you know, my dad typed in, and he says, well, we're not with you all the time. And my mom, and he says, except for your mother. She's with you all the time, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, it was a really beautiful space to realize that, you know, everything is happening for us, not to us. Everything yeah. is happening for us. And yeah. trust me, I mean, it took me, <laughs> it took me 35 years to get that, to that space with my grandfather, you know. He was mm-hmm. not a kind person. And you know, um, and yet he helped build that character in me that when somebody puts me down or, you know, treats me unkindly, I can say that's not who I am and I'm sorry you feel that way. And consequently, I don't really get a lot of those people, knock on wood. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so the beauty of it all is that I don't really get a lot of those people because I don't have the energy of that. You know, believe it if you want. Don't if you don't. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, if you don't believe in past lives or, you know, reincarnation or any of that, that doesn't matter to me. The idea for the book is to simply offer a space of love for people to feel good. And if it makes you feel good and gives you some aha moments, I've done my job. And if it makes you feel bad, 
stop reading it. It's not your space. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's a huge message in itself too, right? Is, you know, so often people are looking outward for uh, validation and everything else. And it really, it really, like, it really comes with from within. And if you're not happy with yourself, then chances are nobody else is going to be happy with you either. And you can't find that happiness from someone else. Right. You have to really, I know I was talking to my um, daughter's boyfriend and she broke up with him and he called me and (laughs) he's like, (laughs) she is the only thing that makes me happy. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) we have a problem here because you have to make you happy. She, you can't depend on her or anyone else to make you happy that it just doesn't work like that. And if you do that, you're going to be disappointed every time. And I can't stress that enough to people out there, especially our listeners. Like, it really starts within. And like you said, you know, if people don't like what you put out there or what you do or what you look like or how much you weigh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It just really doesn't matter. That's exactly it. You know, and again, I think we come to this space. I know we come to this earth feeling so empowered and feeling so, um, you know, you look at any two-year-old, they're not going to have self-esteem issues. They don't. No. They know yeah. that they're the best. They know that yeah. they're the best at everything. And yeah. um, they know that they're beautiful. You don't, you know, my son, if you say to my son, oh, you're so handsome, he's like, yep, uh-huh, yeah. I know. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. they just know. They just, they don't need that external validation they need yeah. uh, it, just the internal love that we give, right? But they don't need mm-hmm. the external validation. I think that that comes over time, again, saying that's not very nice. Or if somebody, you know, I was raised in the South, and if somebody said that you look beautiful, you say, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Or thank you, but not really. She's more beautiful. Or, you know, you always bring down the light. And that's yeah. what I was taught. It, be humble, be kind, mm-hmm. not egotistical, be authentic. Yeah. And I think that over time, we're starting to come back to own your greatness. Like, yeah, thank you. I, I see that in myself, too. And I really appreciate you seeing that in me because I yeah. see it in myself. And thanks mm-hmm. for reminding me of that because I might have forgotten today, but you're a great reminder that I see that in myself. And yeah, and I really know a lot of people that do that. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah. just surround yourself with people like that too. I know I have a friend, and she always is constantly telling me uh, what a good mom I am to my my little guys. And at first, I was I didn't I would kind of downsize that same thing. It's like, oh, I don't do anything special. But then I finally I was like. I am a good mom, (laughs) you know, I do everything for my kids and my life is built around my kids. And so finally I said to her, I said, thank you so much for saying that and appreciating that about me because a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people won't put that out there. And I think we need to surround ourselves with people that, you know, are giving us those authentic compliments, not somebody that's trying to blow smoke up our asses, you know, right. uh, but somebody that is really appreciating us for what we are and what we do put out there and what we're proud of. Cause I know for me, 
um, being a mom is like my biggest accomplishment. And that's what I want to do the best at, you know, and for her to see that and to just about every time we talk, she comments how good of a mom I am. And that makes you feel good. It, it validates that what you're doing is you're doing it. You're doing the right thing, right? Yeah, there's like a there's like a little beeper in your soul that says, ah, yeah, remember that? Remember that? Because we might forget, you know. Mm-hmm. I often forget. And it's a yeah. great reminder that, yeah. that, you know, and we can do that for each other as a community too. You know, mm-hmm. I was signing up my kid for – you know, summer camp, um, and today, actually, and they didn't have the camp I wanted available. And I was like, and I started to get upset, and I could feel it. And I was like, then it's not the camp that he's supposed to go to. Let's see what you do have available. And by the Mm -hmm. time it was all said and done, the guy was, like, working with me, working with me, and I said, really, I appreciate all the work you did for this. So thank you. And thanks for being so kind and patient with me because I know I could have had the energy of being an ass at the beginning. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, because what I wanted, but the truth is, is, is we can do that for each other. You know, thanks so much for doing what you've done for me. The simplest little things like somebody scheduling something for you or holding the door open or that's so kind. Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. um, just reminding people that, uh, you know, that you exist, that you matter. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny, I, I was walking last night uh, by a, a apartment complex and, uh, and there was a small little pub, uh, pub there, you know, bar area. And this guy smiled so big at me and he says, oh, you just look beautiful tonight. And I was mm-hmm. like, thank you so much. Like, I just had mm-hmm. this moment where I was like, he has no idea. Now, whatever his intentions were, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care. You know, he, he reminded me of the energy that I was putting out there that I feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was beautiful. And he made my night. He made my night. And mm-hmm. I never saw him again. You know, he's some random guy. I'm happily married, you know, like, so it's not mm-hmm. like a thing to be anything. It was just a mm-hmm. moment of, Remember your greatness. And if we can just Mm -hmm. look at each other in the eye and see each other again, I think that a lot of this stuff that is happening politically, emotionally, between and and physically between countries and people would simmer down. You know, it would simmer down. Yeah, I totally I totally agree with you. Now, Heather, can you tell our listeners how they can find you and find your books? And, and all that kind of good stuff? Sure, yeah. So um, it's pretty simple, wiseinside.com. Um, it's like wise, like you're wise, inside.com. And um, our book, uh, my book is, uh, the first book I co-authored is How to Raise a Happy Child and Be Happy Too, which the main emphasis is be happy too. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, you can find those on Amazon. And Wise Talk from the Other Side, the book that I was talking about in the podcast, is also on Amazon as well. But you can find me on social media under Wise Inside across the board, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for for joining me um, on this podcast. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. And let's just keep uh, putting the same message out there. Every day. <laughs> yes. Keep lighting up the world. That's what I say. You know, we uh-huh. are rooting into love with each other. And 
remembering our light with each other and lighting up the world with our light in particular and amplifying others people other people's light as well. So and that's what you're doing on this podcast is you're just creating some beautiful space for love to amplify and grow. So thank you for doing that as well cuz podcasting is is work beyond what people even imagine. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. But it's definitely rewarding. And I kind of take the same um, note as you. If I can help one person, if one person listens and one person gets something out of it, that's all that really matters to me. So that's that's what I keep doing. Keep plugging away. <laughs> keep going. Keep shining bright right. because it's lighting up the world. It's lighting up the mm-hmm. world. Do you have questions? Are you feeling lost and confused about what path you should take? The psychics at Psychic Text Readers are honest and are to the point. They will help you through anything you need help with. Check them out now at www.psychictextreaders.com.